when what he wants to do is do stuff with us and in us. And um, you've been crucified with Christ, right? How many of you are still alive? No, don't, don't even stick up. It's not a trick question. You're not, you're not alive anymore. Uh, the only life you have is his. And the only life you live is by faith in what he does, not by faith in what you think you're supposed to do. So don't get tricked by the devil into thinking, okay, you've heard this wonderful thing from God. Now you've got to go out there and maybe you've got to start a GoFundMe page. Uh, or you've got to um, um, start writing letters to Congress. Or I, I don't know. Now, you're, you're responsible for obeying, all right? But until you've heard something clear from God where he says, uh, Deanna, thus saith the Lord, I need you to go to such and such a place at such and such a time and show up and watch what I'm going to do there. Then you go. Um, but don't run off and do something for God just because you think you heard something today. All right? Because all God was telling you today is he needs you to say yes. yes. All right? Are we, are we clear about that? All right. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Uh, I have a picture I need to show you. Um, so let's think of some possible captions for this picture. Okay? So speak it out. Praise the Lord. Glory. Somebody give me some more captions. What pops into your head? I saw the light. Thank you, Chuck. Um, what else? Any other? Spoken like somebody who's experienced that. Glory to God in the highest. Well, fortunately, uh, there's already a caption for this picture. Um, but the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For, I, for behold, I bring you good news of, let's say this together, great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Why did, Jesus, why did God send us a Savior? Because we all need to be saved. He could have sent us, I mean, all sorts of roles that he could have put in here. Doesn't he, it doesn't say king. It doesn't, I mean, uh, we all know Jesus was a king, but, but God sent a king who was also a Savior because we need to be saved. That is awesome, and that's the fuel for the great joy that uh, uh, is going on in this picture. So um, that's also the theme for our, our thing today. But let me ask you this question. Um, all right. Basically, the angel said, it's joy that's going to be like for everybody. Right? Great news, a great joy, which is going to be for everybody. So let's talk about um, thinking about the context here. Um, who, are, who experienced joy because of what was going on that night? Well, everybody, but that's like a cheesy answer. Um, <laughs> let's give... And it's, a good, it's a good answer, but it's, it's sort of like the Cliff Notes answer. It's like, like at a 30,000 feet. So uh, let's just dig down a little bit more. Let's name some of the, the, the people that were ex, experiencing joy because of that night. Shepherds. All right, now, now we're talking. Uh, you got your shepherds. You got your... You got, got the angels in there. 
wise guys who actually came two years later, but we're not going to get into that. They experienced, they were experiencing joy that night when they saw the star from Babylon. Uh, they just got there as quick as they could. So they were probably experiencing joy that night. There you go. The mother and his father. Um, let's see. Oh, I, here's one you probably might not get, but uh, here's, let's see. So far, they're doing good. Y'all are doing great. Wise men. Okay, here's one that's interesting. Simeon the prophet. Uh, I, I just threw this in here as extra bonus uh, because, I, because this is what joy in motion looks like. So uh, over uh, in Luke 2.25, which is actually eight days later uh, from Christmas night, but people were still kind of all joyed up. Uh, they had to take Jesus to be dedicated in the temple, right? And I'm just going to... Y'all kind of know the story, but I just want to... Uh, it says there, Nunc Dimittis, which is Latin for, now I can finally get out of here. Uh, and here's where it comes from. So, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, and he was looking for the consolation of Israel. Now, Jesus is the consolation of Israel. We don't have to talk about that very much. The consolation, the hope, the comforter of Israel and for you. He was looking for that. Uh, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, which I think was like every day in his life. The Holy Spirit was upon him. The, the Holy Spirit hadn't been released at Pentecost yet, right? So he had a special dispensation of the Holy Spirit, which is, which is awesome. Uh, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So for Simeon, who was probably getting old, it was like, oh, my back hurts. Um, and my stomach's bothering me. Jesus, when can I die and go to heaven? No, I have to wait for the Messiah. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, but he was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. What do you suppose would happen if everybody came to church on Sunday morning already in the Spirit? Instead of showing up hoping to get a little drizzle of the Spirit to get them through like the rest of their week, that they came already under the anointing because they'd been soaking in the Spirit all week and the Holy Spirit had prepared them to come and be uh, a fire hose of power instead of a sponge to try to soak up stuff. I'm not saying that sometimes you need both, but he came in the spirit into the temple. He was prayed up. He was fired up. He was anointed. And when the spirit, when the parents brought Jesus in to carry out the custom of the law, he took him into his arms and he blessed God. And he said, just kind of imagine what this was like for him. Now, Lord, now you are releasing your bond servant to depart in peace. According to your words, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. It's like, finally, finally I can go home. My eyes have seen the Lord. That's joy. You figure who's experiencing joy? All right. That's really cool. But one other question. There's one other uh, but there is another. <clears throat> that just like, psh, some people just went like, like I know Randy Munsonbys didn't get that at all. Psh, there is another. What? Star-ish. You're halfway there. 
<laughs> okay. Such a child. Okay. Uh, there is um, one, I think, somebody really important that has been left off the list. Otra vez? We're going we're to get there. Gloria is, is uh, jumping ahead. Um, which is fine. At least she's paying attention. Uh, there's, um, there's this one other that I think often gets overlooked anytime we talk about the Christmas story because we're such a narcissistic society. It's all about me, 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 me. God this for me. God this for me. God this for the world. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but... Check this out. There is another. Another anyone else who was filled with joy at the coming of Jesus into the world. The great I am. The God of angel armies. Our Abba Father. Who has been looking forward to this moment. From the foundation of the world. We don't think about that, do we? He has been waiting and watching and yearning and planning for this Kairos moment in the fullness of time. When his plan for rescuing the object of his love, his, his little poemas, we're all little poemas, right? From Ephesians 2.8, Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, his poemas individual works of art for you and you and you and you and you and you and you from the foundation of the world he's been waiting so he could shower so he could deliver his works of art from the pain and the penalty of sin and death and securing their destiny with him for all eternity and I know he lives outside of time and so maybe it didn't feel that long to him as it would be for us but This whole thing was his idea. This whole thing was his plan. This whole thing was the will birthed out of his heart. And who would be more filled with joy at this moment than him? Don't you think he was one resounding universal mass of joy? And the whole universe was echoing with his joy when Jesus came to earth. And Jesus was like, and the father was like, I just love it when a plan starts to come together. Like, bum, 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 bum. All right. This is... Um, God's just impressed upon me this week that above all, more than we ever give it any thought about, our God is a God of joy. We need to talk about that for a second. Because we celebrate his nature of love and God is love and, and that's all right. I mean, that's true and it's God so loved the world and that's true and, and we know that we are safe and, and we're secure in his love. But we don't understand what that love is comprised of. And buried uh, in that uh, unique character of his love his love is very often manifested in us as joy. If you are experiencing the love of Jesus in your life, you are automatically experiencing 
joy along with it. And if, you, if you're saying, well, I know God loves me, but you're, but you're missing joy, it's, you're not experiencing uh, yet. You have an opportunity to go deeper in the experience of his love in your life because for reasons that we're going to talk about, it always manifests itself as joy. Um, so uh, just to be clear at the very beginning of this conversation, Joy, whether we're talking about the Old Testament Hebrew word, which is chava, or the New Testament Greek word, which is kara, it means the same thing. It means that something has filled us with gladness and moved us to rejoice. Joy is just, is just the expression of, of, your, of your attitude emotionally, spiritually, uh, when something comes, when you encounter something or something comes upon you that, that fills you with gladness and moves you to rejoice, that is, that state or that condition, that state of being is called joy. Um, name me one time in your life when you were filled with gladness. When your child was born. Woo! All right. So, so you know what God was feeling like. Cause, oh, that's my child was born. All right. Yay. What else? When you got saved. Oh. Some people get saved. All right. And then like for Mike, some people get like really saved. I know that. I, amen. Uh, somebody else. When you're baptized. Amen. Um. Some, somebody else. Filled with joy. Or something happened that caused you to just really rejoice. Chuck. All right. Okay. This real world. This is real world Chuck. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That is rejoice. That is cause for rejoicing. It's something that fills you with gladness. All right, the first encounter with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and all, thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, amen, amen. All right, so joy is the condition of, of being filled with gladness or some, joy is, is the state of being. I keep coming back to this. Joy is the state of being that we exist in when something is... is filled us with gladness or has moved us to rejoice. And uh, it's an awesome... Whether you realize it or not, joy is one of the most compelling aspects of the nature of God. God, we all know that God exists as love. What we forget sometimes is that God also exists as joy. Part of his state of being is joy. And if you don't believe me, I'm just going to show you some Bible verses right now. Because you don't have to take my word for it. All right. Um, so some of this is going to sound familiar, but when we're going to connect it all together, you're going to go, huh. All right. My favorite one, Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst. He is a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. 
right now in our presence, God is exulting over you and you and you and you and you. And he's looking at every one of you and he's rejoicing over you. He's looking at you with joy. He's exulting over you. There's Nora and God is going, Nora, woohoo! Um, as he considers us, his love stirred up and his joy is released. He will be quiet in his love, which means uh, not that his love is quiet, but that his love quiets us. His love brings us into a state of peace. As we, as we relax in his love, it, brings, it produces a quietness where stress and fear begins to just wash away and fall off of us. And we just be still and, and know that I'm God. But he will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. God is rejoicing over you right now with shouts of joy. Heaven is noisy because God is constantly rejoicing over you. But you didn't know that was in the Bible. All right, then here's your favorite one. Then he's, say this happens in, in Nehemiah chapter 8. Well, the wall is now built. Nehemiah's worked, Nehemiah's worked really hard. He's built everything. And the first thing he does is he gets all the people around. They have this big parade. And they're like marching around and they're having this big celebration. And then the priests start reading the law, which has not been heard out loud in generations. And the people start weeping. They're grieved. Uh, they're moved. Uh, they're just overwhelmed under the anointing, the presence of God. And, and Nehemiah, Nehemiah says, no, 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 no. Don't uh, go. This is a time to celebrate. This isn't a time for be grieving. Go, eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you're, if you are most people, and I, I think I'm kind of like most people, so I think most people are like me. Uh, you, when you hear this verse, you think, oh yeah, I got saved, I got some joy. Just the knowledge that Jesus saved me has made me joyful and has moved me to rejoice. And I got, all right, so... Anna doesn't know this song. But I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down. Okay. <laughs> you knew that song. All right. Okay. Uh, so we, we think in terms of I got, I got touched by God and I, and I am rejoicing over that. And so we say, okay, I know what that's like. So that joy, that's my strength, right? Well, okay, maybe. But that's not what this verse means. This isn't your joy. This is, couldn't be more clear in the Hebrew. It's God's joy. That is your strength. God, who exists as joy, releases His joy over you, and it's His joy over you, about you, that multiplies strength into your life. Because there are plenty of days when you get out of bed, believe me, 
I know some of you pretty well. There, there are plenty of days when you get out of bed, you got no joy. But then God shows up. And he says, God bless Karen. Um, she needs some joy today. Um, her joy covered is bare. But if you're just open to it. The joy, God, God releases his anointing and that releases his joy. And suddenly, you, you know what this is like. You can go from... to... when God shows up. Because it's, it's his joy. It's not like you suddenly got a clue and said, oh, wait, I forgot. Um, no, it's God just shows up. All right? So... Um, his joy, the joy he experiences when he thinks of you, that joy pouring over us turns into strength. Strength. The joy of the Lord is what gives us strength. His joy released into us by the power of the Holy Spirit is our strength. Okay? Keep up. Uh, but wait. Yeah, there's more. Okay, now we're in the New Testament. Look at this. John fifteen eleven. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. And that produces more joy. Now you get your joy. You get your joy from his joy. My joy is going to be in you so that your joy may be made complete or be totally fulfilled. You don't got enough joy just by yourself. No matter how hard you try to be joyful, no matter how hard you, you, you shout and dance, you can work yourself up into a glory fit, but that's not the same thing as having joy. Uh, we, our joy, uh, my personal individual human joy is going to always be limited by what's working in my life today and what isn't. And the devil works overtime trying to steal joy from us by... Uh, by coming against us and throwing junk up at us that makes us go, oh, I can't believe I'm going through this again. How many of you remember a time, even this past week, when you started out the day with joy and you ended up the day with, please shoot me. <laughs> Somebody just come and shoot me. Uh, um, but that's because our joy tends to be mitigated, mediated by the circumstances that are going on around us. We get excited about things when they're good. We get discouraged by things when they're bad. And so our our joy goes... Um, So the only way for our joy to be made full is for His joy. The joy He has over us to come and rule and reign in our hearts. Because you can always be glad about that. Right, so John seventeen thirteen, same conversation really. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. My joy. You know, there's a, there's a corollary, or Jesus talking about peace. In John chapter 14, he says, Peace I give to you. Then what does he say? My peace I'm leaving to you. Not peace like the world gives am I giving you. Don't don't be afraid. Don't be frightened. I am giving you peace that can only come from me. Now he's saying, I am giving you joy. 
that against all odds, no matter what the circumstances are in your life, no matter what's good, no matter what's bad, no matter what's easy, no matter what's hard, no matter what's scary, no matter what's exciting, my joy is will be there to sustain you because it's going to be your strength because I am going to release joy and gladness that causes you to rejoice because you have a connection to me. Forget about circumstances. Jesus was so good in John 16 to remind us about some realities. John 16, 33, where he says, Great promise, wonderful. I'm giving you a promise right now. I want you to be excited about this promise because it's true. In the world you will have tribulation. Don't freak out. I've overcome the world. You, and I am giving you joy right now. I'm giving you joy right now to strengthen you. You can be glad in who you are in me. I, you can be glad in my gladness because you are precious to me. Uh, made full in themselves. That means couldn't get any fuller. No more. Your, your, max, your joy meter is now maxed out. It's like pigged out all the way over the end. Uh, you couldn't have any more joy. All right. This is it. This is, the th- this is the one that just rocks my world every time I read it. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now, the part, the part that comes before is lay aside sin and all, uh, all your burdens and the sin that which so easily entangles you and run with race, run with endurance the race that's set before you. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is, is your goal. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your end all. Jesus is your reason. Jesus is your life. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who, look at this, for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him. And now, there's a distinction here I want you to understand. It's not like joy is at the finish line. And if he can just get through all of this stuff, then he'll get some joy at the end. That'll be the payoff. No, it's, this really means that, that joy was his focus. The joy that he is experiencing, the joy that he was experiencing over his infinite love for you and you and you and you and you and you and you. He was motivated by joy. He was driven by joy. He was... He was stirred up with gladness to be clear the joy that filled his heart when he thought of you sustained him all the way to the cross. His heart was filled with gladness all the way. Being moved by that kind of joy, a joy over Randy and and joy over Randy and and joy over Randy um, was just moved him through all of that horrifying junk he was powered not just by love but by rejoicing and by gladness every time his his mind his heart his love was focused on you that you are way more important to him than you think who for the joy that he was focusing on he, was, he went through the cross. He despised the same shame. Get to the finish line, the right hand of the throne of God because of the joy that 
he has in his heart over you. So, so God is a joy machine. Look at this. Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. But the, the fruit that the Spirit produces is love. And what's the second one? Joy. joy. That kind of makes sense now, doesn't it? The fruit that the Holy Spirit produces starts out with love, but that love releases joy. I honestly, you can make a case. I'm not going to work on it today, but you can make a case that the fruit that the Spirit produces is love. When the Holy Spirit begins to rule in your heart, the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces is love, but then all of the indications that you have been flooded with His love are joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, which makes joy the main, if you take it that point of view, then joy becomes the main uh, evidence that the Holy Spirit is soaking you and His joy is now becoming your strength. Uh, We're almost done. So what we've got here is an invitation to go joy riding with Jesus. (laughs) Isn't that that awesome? Um, Joy riding with Jesus. Um, Somebody want to write a book about that? You can have the title. Joy riding with Jesus. He floods our, it works like this. He floods our hearts with his joy through the power of the Holy Spirit, strengthening us when we have no strength or hope or power or joy of our own. But he shows up and he just releases his joy in, in unreasonable, ridiculous, unbelievable ways that we, we just didn't, we wouldn't have expected. But he shows up and we, we start experiencing joy in situations where we don't have any right to feel joyful except it's his joy flooding us. He shows up and he starts doing that. All right, then the realization, remember back at Zephaniah? The realization that we bring him joy and we are the object of his gladness and rejoicing just because. You you know, you haven't done anything to earn it or deserve it, right? This is what grace looks like. He loves you because he loves you and you give him joy because he made you. You are his from the, before the foundation of the world, he planned out your DNA. He put a lot of time and effort and thought into making Rosie. And every time he looks at the, ro- the blueprint for Rosie, he says, I can't wait till she's birthed into life. It's going to be so awesome. I just love her so much. I love her already. He loves you. We are the object of his gladness and rejoicing just because. Well, then that floods our hearts with more joy. Because just coming to an understanding of this eternal truth that we bring him joy, it causes an extra stream of rejoicing and gladness in us that circumstances of the world cannot crush or kill, kill or steal from us. Isn't it, isn't it sweet? Isn't it beautiful? But wait. Then it gets even better. The anticipation of seeing him face to face and entering into our eternal destiny. Now we're starting to look forward. That produces what? More joy. Get your stop this. Stop focusing around here because you're not going to be here much longer. This is just like your flight was delayed and you're stuck in Amarillo, but you're not going to be here forever. (laughs) Looking forward to 
to our eternal destination. Just looking forward to it produces more joy. And finally, finally, we're going to see him face to face when both his joy and our joy, should be an R, and our joy will be perpetually, it should be perpetually, I was trying to save space, uh, but <laughs> his joy and our joy will be perpetually ignited in a flame of glory. His joy and our joy come together Hallelujah. in eternity. Glad, gladness overflowing, rejoicing overflowing. So, joy to the world. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. That, and, and when you look at it from the whole biblical background, this isn't, hey, world, you should be rejoicing right now because this is really cool. It should be, hey, world, God is releasing his joy to sweep all over you. Some days it's going to be hard for you to feel joyful about some stuff. But the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength because you bring him joy even though you don't feel like you deserve it. And he's giving you his joy. He's imparting his joy to you. It's his joy released to the world. The Lord has come to pour his joy out from every aspect of your life. Rejoice in him. We are deeply loved by God, fully accepted by God, completely and permanently forgiven by God, lavishly blessed by God, and eternally, perfectly embraced by God as his child, a child who brings him unspeakable joy. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we surrender now to your joy. We surrender to your participating presence where we can rest in you and receive a fresh anointing of your joy. We're, the world has managed to suck out all of our joy. Lord, we thank you that the whole point is to be receptacles into which you can pour your joy. We open our hearts to you now, Lord. We're ready to receive an anointing of joy. We, don't, we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. The fact that we are obstacles of your joy and your love just completely blows our minds. But we receive it, Lord. We believe it because your word is right there in your word. We surrender to your gladness. We rejoice with you in your joy. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Even now. Even now. Wipe away shame. Wipe away fear. Wipe away darkness. Wipe away deception and discouragement. 
replace all that darkness with the joy that we share with you over being yours and being loved by you from this point forth and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.